Greetings and welcome to Converging Streams, Interfaith Fellowship in Our Modern World. Our program is a production of the Muncie Interfaith Fellowship and the Unitarian Universalist Church of Muncie. This week's topic is A Larger Faith. Please welcome Rev. Thomas Perchlick of the Unitarian Universalist Church of Muncie. I met a woman once who told me a story. She had heard of the people of Bali, island nation around the world, very poor, had very little technology, and worst of all, she heard that they didn't have Jesus, they didn't have the Bible, they didn't have a faith, a Christian faith, and so she went on a mission trip to give them what they lacked. And what impressed her when she got to the island and she began to meet the people and live with them and get to know them was the amount of gentleness and kindness, of generosity and faithfulness, all those fruits of the Spirit that she had always been told were an exclusive possession of Christians in the Christian life. She began to see them in full ripeness in these people, an abundance in these people, and she began to have some concerns. And she, worst of all, she began to realize that some of these people who were Hindus, Buddhists, whatever, seemed more full of the Christian spirit than many of the conventional Christians she knew back in Illinois. And that was the moment that she began to develop a larger faith. She began to step into the church universal. She began to see a wideness in God's mercy. She's still a Christian, still believed in the saving power of Jesus. She still had a, a regular close relationship with Jesus, and yet she began to realize that there was this wideness in God's mercy and that there was a power moving in places that she had never imagined. When I was a young man, I found myself in a church that affirmed the breadth and greatness of universal truth, possibilities of the human mind. and I began to think about becoming a minister. When I was in college, one day, my first, my second semester in college, I met a young man who invited me to a Bible study. I'd been thinking about being a minister and thought, well, I should study the Bible. It'd be a good thing for a minister to do. I knew the Bible fairly well. I'd read major portions of it and had some pieces of it memorized, but I never really studied it. And as I began to sit with these young men, these fellow young men, college students, a couple hours every Tuesday night, I began to see things that I had never seen before. I heard parables that I had never heard before, never heard told. And I began to see the roots and grounding of many of the things that I believed, the ethics and the moral code that I held and, and the vision of the beloved community. These people cared for one another, these young men. Some had, there's one young man who had some mental difficulties. He probably would have never succeeded in life at all, certainly wouldn't have ever gone to college, but with the love and the support and the assistance of his friends, he was actually thriving in college. He was doing well. He was cleaned up and proud of himself and I began to spend more and more time with these young men, sometimes going to devotionals on 
on Thursdays or Wednesday nights or Wednesday worship services or other study groups or Sunday morning worship. Sometimes I was spending five days, maybe even six days a week with these guys. We weren't always doing religion. Sometimes we'd be throwing frisbees or swimming in the swimming pool. There's one leader. I've forgotten his name. He's kind of the leader of the the group. And then there's a younger man, uh, sort of a... uh, he was training to be a leader. His name was Dennis. And he sort of took me under his wing. He'd come over to my apartment and we'd sit there and talk about religion, talk about the Bible. He had this little trait of putting his thumb and, and first two fingers against the tip of all together and against the tip of his tongue when he was deep in thought. I would ask him and he uh, I would ask him questions and so often he would be deep in thought, touching his Fingers to his tongue, thinking about my questions. I remember once I asked him, what about all those people who were born after uh, the resurrection of Jesus, but long before the doctrines or or, uh, the Christian church ever reached their lands, people in China or uh, Mongolia who were trying to live devoted and and good lives. What about those people? He he thought and tried to come up with some scriptures and then later went off, asked other people, and he came back with a a question that really impre- – an answer that really impressed me, an answer to my question. He said, we really don't know. He said, that's up to God to judge human souls. It's not for us to decide. For us, we must – we simply have the Bible before us. We have the Christian revelation. We must decide if we are going to stand with it or not. I thought this answer was a powerful one. It was full of integrity. It was more thoughtful than I expected from people of a Bible-based evangelical turn. And so they impressed me more and more. But, of course, there were many doctrines that I couldn't accept, ideas that I just couldn't stand with, things that, that just didn't quite impress me enough or... I couldn't be convinced of them. and They kept trying to convince me. They kept trying to work me along or talking and talking. And finally, there was this evening, this Wednesday evening. One of the young men came up to me as part of the group. And he said, you know, Thomas, I was always like you. He said, I, I like science and science fiction. And I liked asking questions and was interested in, in many things. But then he said, I realized that I didn't have faith in anything. I had an interest in so many things, but, but no real faith. And I realized that one had to have faith. You had to have something that you trusted, something that was the ground and foundation of your life. You need to have faith, Thomas, he said. You need to have faith in something. Why not faith in the Bible? What else is there greater to have faith in than the Bible? And as he talked to me, that word faith kept echoing in my head. It almost seemed to be amplified each time he said it. There was something about that word that just kept echoing. And as I, as I went out into the evening, sounds of the, the hymns that we had been singing at the worship service that evening were echoing in my head as well. I walked out into the night. I walked past the little orange truck that I'd borrowed from my dad to get to church that night. Walked into the dark of a neighborhood. Walked along the city streets. And the word faith kept echoing. 
And I was thinking about that, that he was saying I didn't have faith and I needed to put my faith in something, and that it was my resistance to, to having faith that was getting into my in the way of my trusting the Bible, for surely I had seen the, the, the greatness and the goodness and the love of this community. And it was truly a community full of the spirit of gentleness and generosity of kindness and faithfulness. Good people. But as I walked into the night, I began to see in my mind's eye the faces of other good people in my life. My mother and my father, generous good people, lived their lives for principles and, and for others. And I began to see people that I had known in my own church life and people that I admired. I remember thinking of the Mahatma Gandhi. People had come to him, great man, and the Christians had come to him and said, teach me how to be a Hindu like you. And he said, no, 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 that is not the way. That is not the way for you. The way for you is to become a better Christian. And he would teach Muslims to be better Muslims. I began to see so many things in my mind, and I began to realize that all that I loved in the Bible and all that was true and good in the Bible was present already in my heart. And as I stepped out at the end of one street, I looked into a city park, and it seemed to me as though all the lights in the park had halos, and the, the trees were bathed in a golden yellow light, and the darkness of the night, and my eyes were filled with the light. And I realized that the problem that I had with the particular doctrines and traditions of the church I had been studying with was not that I didn't have faith. The problem was that I already had a faith. I had this larger faith in human beings and in the revelation of, of science and all those human beings who had striven for justice and equity and compassion and human relationships in all traditions, the universal truths that had appeared in, in all different cultures and all the corners of every continent and tribal religions and in the great vast religions of the world that arched over tribes and cultures, there was a wideness in God's mercy revealed in the abundance of goodness and care and compassion in the world was the church universal, the universal faith. That moment I realized that I had always had this faith with me. At that moment, though, I was converted to that faith. It became alive in me, and I knew for a fact that I wanted to serve churches that reached out towards that tradition, that admitted their own smallness, that celebrated their uniqueness, but always sought to keep the doors open to the winds of a much larger truth and a much larger spirit. And so I encourage you to seek that wideness in God's mercy, as the hymn says. I encourage you to seek the larger faith of the church universal. This does not mean throw out the religion that you have. It means understand it more deeply. Understand it, how it overlaps with other religious people. Understand that Muslims are those people, if you are not a Muslim, 
that Muslims are those people who submit to the will of God and think of how you submit to the will of God. I want you to think about atheists, if you are not an atheist, and how each is seeking integrity in their beliefs, a consistency, and a justice, and a compassion for other human beings, and a commitment to living well on this earth. And see how in your own religion, in your own faith, you seek those same things. Nurture the goodness. Nurture the grace in human beings. Go out into the highways and byways of the world and give people not the fear of hell, but hope and courage. As the great preacher John Murray said, teach the ever-loving kindness and mercy of God. Thank you for listening to Converging Streams, interfaith fellowship in our modern world. Our program is a production of the Muncie Interfaith Fellowship with content and financial support from the Unitarian Universalist Church of Muncie and technical support from radio stations WCRD and Work FM. Most importantly, we thank you, our listeners and followers, for your support. To connect with Converging Streams, including listening to our entire catalog of past programs, getting our latest new content, and making your own contribution to this program, visit our website, convergingstreams.org. Converging Streams is produced by Tony Piazza, George Wolf, and Thomas Perchlick. Thank you for listening and have a pleasant week.